welcome. I want to um, say hello and welcome you back to our weekly podcast on security clearance appeals on federal government actions and, of course, military law issues. Today's session is uh, pretty dynamic and one that is uh, extremely important because we see a greater incidence of the government filing a revocation action on a security clearance due to domestic violence. And so today we are indeed going to talk about domestic violence and how it impacts your military career, how it impacts your civilian job if you are a security clearance holder. I am your host, Attorney Alan Edmonds. I've been uh, practicing security clearance law and military law as well as MSPB and EEOC for over 45 years. As you know, the Edmonds Law Firm has offices across the United States, and we serve both active duty and civilian. And I am delighted to be able to present this to you because there's a increase in domestic violence that's been occurring over the last 12 months uh, due to uh, a myriad of factors uh, such as the COVID, um, unemployment and uh, the economy. The net result is that um, there is uh, greater frequency of arrests and uh, law enforcement involvement uh, in domestic violence. These reports are filtering their way down to the uh, Consolidated Adjudication Service at Fort Meade and to other branches of the federal government and uh, people are being pulled in for interviews, investigative interviews, and um, what occurs next is a statement of reasons or a denial of the clearance. So today I wanna talk about actual cases uh, that my firm has been handling. We got uh, a new case today and I'm gonna use it as an example about domestic violence. Uh, the case today is uh, involves a individual who's 38 years old. He's had a security clearance for over 12 years, uh, prior military. He's married with one child and uh, the marriage is uh, starting to crumble. Uh, there has been uh, allegations of misconduct by the parties in this uh, relationship. And uh, what happened is that uh, he found his spouse uh, with another person, and uh, he became very, very uh, angry and violent, and uh, the, the situation unraveled, and uh, it unraveled to a point that there was uh, physical contact, assault, and battery, and a criminal case resulted, and he called me uh, because he recognized he needed help with his security clearance, and indeed, he does need help with his security clearance. His FSO um, is going to have questions for him, and the FSO is going to do what he's required to do, which is forward a uh, investigative brief to uh, Fort Meade for consideration uh, by them of the suitability of this individual to have a security clearance. And you may say, well, wait a minute, what does that have to do with the National Security Adjudicative Guidelines and uh, the government has used uh, many of the guidelines uh, to allege domestic violence. 
And uh, if you have been listening to these podcasts, you know that one of the guidelines that they can use is guideline E, personal conduct. And personal conduct is a very, very broad uh, allegation that covers all kinds of conduct, both in and out of the workplace, but also conduct that happens in your home. And uh, what the government is concerned about is uh, conduct that raises questions about uh, dishonesty, um, judgment, and an unwillingness to comply with regulations. And um, when you have a domestic violence problem in your house, an argument escalates to pushing, shoving, or even worse, um, the government is alleging that there is a lack of judgment being demonstrated by the security clearance holder. The government would allege that uh, the behavior shows unreliable behavior, and uh, thus there is a risk to national security. This guideline E specifically talks about disruptive, violent, and inappropriate behavior. And uh, so you should be aware of that. You should be aware that what you say at home and what is done at home um, can become an issue. We also see guideline E for things like um, intoxication, arguments that involve alcohol. But today I want to center on domestic violence and uh, I want you to uh, get ahead of this, so to speak. And there's things that you can do. Um, domestic violence is growing, as I said, and uh, you should know that when you are arrested, for domestic violence or charges are brought, that that triggers a reportable event if you are a security clearance holder. Now, what does that mean? That means that you have a positive absolute requirement to report to your FSO incidents that occurred on a weekend or on a vacation that resulted in a domestic violence or criminal conduct. So I told you that there are numerous guidelines that the government can use to come after a person when they find out about domestic violence in the household. And one of them is indeed guideline E, personal conduct. But another guideline is guideline J, which is criminal conduct. And in guideline J, the allegation is that criminal uh, activity creates doubt about a person's judgment, reliability, and trustworthiness. Uh, the government goes on to say in the adjudicative guidelines, by its very nature, it calls into question a person's ability to or willingness to comply with the laws, rules, and regulations. So you can get cited for domestic violence, and the common criminal complaint that's filed is one of assault or one of battery. In the case that we were retained on this morning, my client went to retrieve his daughter uh, from a residence, and it was the residence where his wife was with her paramour or boyfriend, and she went over to see her boyfriend, and she brought her child with her, and my client, in a fit of rage, went into the house to try and retrieve the child, and of course, in so doing, a scuffle resulted 
and uh, foul language was used and uh, physical contact was made in an aggravated and aggressive way, all in the presence of the child. And he got cited with child endangerment along with assault and battery. You should know that in your own home, if you and your wife or you and your husband have a verbal argument and it escalates to shouting and vulgar language and the neighbors <clears throat> call law enforcement and there's a child in the household that uh, that can be alleged in some jurisdictions as child abuse. If you expose a child to uh, criminal behavior such as battery, hitting and shoving one another, uh, or vulgar language, then uh, that's child abuse, and it could be child endangerment. Uh, frequently in aggravated domestic violence cases, we have one spouse throwing objects at the other spouse, and it could be a plate, a glass, it could be anything, and it smashes against a wall, it uh, creates an incredible sound, and there's a child there, and invariably the child is witnessing this and is crying because the behavior is <clears throat> so violent that um, they're unable to protect themselves, and hence we have a charge then of child endangerment. So this is a situation that I am dealing with today with a client, but it's one that we're seeing more and more frequently in our offices across the United States. Uh, we have offices across the United States and uh, to serve you and to help you. And uh, when you get arrested, uh, you should certainly consider retaining a criminal lawyer. But if you have a security clearance, uh, you should probably call my office at 800 481 2526 or some experienced uh, security clearance lawyer for guidance. My law firm comes alongside of the criminal lawyer and we work with them closely for the best result. But your security clearance comes into play as soon as you are arrested or the police um, appear at your doorstep. You have a reportable requirement when that occurs but you also can take other steps to get ahead of the allegation. That is to say, you can start mitigating this case uh, immediately by taking certain steps. And you should contact us um, at 800-481-2526 and learn what can be done. I can't give you a generic list because each case is different. If there's a weapon involved, there's a different course of action. If it's uh, assault and battery, there's a different course of action. If it's alcohol related, the domestic violence is based on alcohol consumption. There's a different course of action. And uh, our attorneys are all trained trial lawyers. We love the courtroom and uh, we aren't afraid of taking our cases into the courtroom once they're properly prepared. But you can take steps uh, relative to the allegations uh, immediately upon uh, being released from custody, if that was involved, or uh, after the arrest has occurred, give us a call and uh, we can help you. What's of concern really is uh, a situation where you want to acquire evidence 
and uh, record events that transpired. Um, we assist our clients with this important function because those type of documents and that type of information is going to be used in our response to a statement of reasons. You've learned from previous uh, podcasts that a statement of reasons is issued. It's the first indication uh, by the government that they're revoking your clearance. And in essence, they're giving you an opportunity uh, to appeal their opinion. The SOR has specific allegations and uh, they include date, time and place of certain conduct that is uh, a concern to the government. And they tell you that you can respond within a number of days. We've already gone over this, so I'm not going to repeat it, but so many people uh, misinterpret uh, the SOR and uh, also do not fully comprehend what's required in the response to SOR. They end up answering the SOR with a one or two page handwritten note or one or two page type note, and that's totally inadequate. The other danger is that, um, and it's the same danger that occurs with self-reporting, what you say, how you say it, to whom you say it, and when do you say it are all critical elements in a self-report. And many people don't understand that. And uh, they make statements that are really damaging. And they make these statements without any uh, legal counsel. And the statements really hurt um, their case. So I don't want you to do that. I want you to call me and let's discuss the situation and let's discuss the proper procedures um, for self-reporting. And then back to the concern here about domestic violence. Uh, domestic violence is usually a mutual occurrence between two parties. It's not totally lopsided and one-sided where one party is the aggressor. Um, on this child endangerment allegation that my client faced this morning, uh, the ch child endangerment ironically could be alleged against both parties. Uh, the mother could have endangered the child uh, by exposing her to a relationship uh, that is outside the marriage. And we don't know the background of uh, the boyfriend that she has, whether he has a drug history or a criminal history, you just don't know. So there could be child endangerment going in both directions. Uh, my client's attempt to retrieve the child physically and take the child uh, away from the mother created a physical altercation. And of course that was horrible for the child, hence the child endangerment. But um, it's interesting how these facts can be interpreted. And they, in my opinion, having uh, several decades of criminal law experience, they can be turned against the uh, purported victim. And uh, that's not for me to do because uh, I don't practice criminal law in all 50 states. I practice national security across the United States and I practice uh, national security with active duty military. And it's sad, but even our military clients are often involved in domestic violence. That domestic violence can result in the issuance of a GOMOR that's spelled G-O-M-O-R against active duty. And um, 
it can result in a uh, investigation finding from a uh, army investigation and um, you have to be on your toes there's a lot of experience and knowledge that goes into responding to investigative reports and to uh, gomors um, so you want to be careful the uh, command can also issue a protective order uh, for the spouse and they don't do a very good job of learning the facts but that protective order the the uh, issuance of that on a military base is a separate basis for a revocation of a clearance for an active duty individual so you've got to be careful and uh, that's what this uh, episode is all about there's a lot of strategy that goes into responding to uh, criminal conduct guideline J or guideline E allegations that will be cited uh, all because there was a domestic violence um, allegation brought and uh, that resulted in an arrest. So this is attorney Alan Edmonds. Um, I want you to consider our free resources. Uh, number one on our website, we have a great deal of information for your review. Uh, secondly, we have YouTube videos, over 34 of them, and some new ones are going to be posted this week. And then we have these podcasts on Spotify and other platforms, all in an attempt to educate you and to keep you ahead of the government and these allegations. I want you to uh, be mindful that what you say and how you say it is very important. And um, please call us at 800-481-2526. Um, I would enjoy helping you save your clearance and your job. Thank you.